The following podcast is rated R for really filthy. It includes adult themes and explicit content. So if you're an adult who happens to like themes directly targeting your sexy demographic, then get ready to join us as we ship it good. Due to the themes discussed on this podcast, it may contain potentially triggering content. Please visit our episode description to review the warnings applicable to this episode. Ronald Weasley. Do you know what this is, actually? This is like when Snape looks inside Harry's potions textbook that he's got from Ron, and he's like, who is Runil Waslieb? <laughs> that is our that's, podcast. That's my nickname. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Runil. Oh my goodness. Hi, I'm Megs. And I'm Nathan. And welcome to Care of Magical Shippers, your Harry Potter ship culture podcast. So Nathan and I met, actually, through another podcast, Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them. We're both patrons for them on Patreon, so we get access to their Discord. So that started our exposure to tons of different people and their ships and everything that we had no idea existed because we were either stuck in what we knew and what we loved. So learning about what other people are obsessed with really got us excited about diving further into what the fanfic culture is all about. So I was a filthy JKR-only text purist for ages, and I didn't read fanfiction because I was like, no, this is destroying the universe, the integrity of it must remain, like, pristine, nothing will touch it. And then uh, JKR did her transphobic things, and I was like, okay, maybe these words aren't as sacrosanct as I once thought that they should be. Mm -hmm. So then a friend of mine who was really into fanfic introduced me to uh, the Sacrifices arc, and I read that, and I loved that so much that I then found Fanatical Fix, and I was like, do you know what? Fan fiction is for me, because it's so, it really broadens the horizons for the world. And I'm like, I want to play in that world. I want to know what happens when you combine Oliver Wood and Marcus Flint. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, right off the bat, I'm going with Flintwood, uh, one of my new favourites that I recently discovered, funnily enough, through a fic of yours. Yes, yeah, that's right. I can't even remember how I came across Flintwood. It probably was either on Discord or in like a rare pair server or something like that. And I realised, oh my gosh. This is dreary on steroids. I mean, you have the two Quidditch captains who are rivals and are constantly in each other's faces. And then it's just all that conflict and sexual energy. And you just <laughs> know that they're meant to be together. And so, yeah, so then I made a thing and you read it. And then it, I mean, then we're best friends. That's ultimately what happened. It's yeah. just you read my fic and then we became best friends. <laughs> The, the banging together vigorously of Quidditch muscles really yes. galvanized our friendship Absolutely. and, you know, turned us into the the 
yeah, turned us into the caring magical shippers that we know and love today. But we're both obsessed with the audiobooks. And so a lot of our like input from like the characters canonically would have come from that. But I feel like because you're hearing so many different character accents and voices, you kind of want to live in their headspace naturally when you listen. And so fanfic is an extension of that. Mm. And that's partly why I love fanfic so much because it literally, you know, you're not just living in Harry's world all the time. You're not just seeing things from his perspective. You can literally be seeing an event like the Yule Ball that you've read a hundred times before, but see it through completely different characters' eyes and suddenly events get totally turned on their heads. So the reason I love reading and writing fanfics so much is kind of like what was discussed. Um, We see the characters from a certain point of view in the books, but it gives us the opportunity to build characterizations and really get to know the characters based on what they say and do within the books. However, there is so much going on that there are stories that weren't told. So we have certain characters that had like a single line or we know very little about like Luna Lovegood or Severus Snape or even the Marauders, for example, which we only experience through either Remus or Sirius or Snape's memory. So we have to kind of build who these characters are and it gives us a platform to do that and be entirely creative. So we are taking something pre-existing, which is beautiful beautiful and wonderful and we are just like throwing glitter and just like ribbons and all these fancy things to just make it 10 times better there's that what hundreds of thousands of us doing this and there's just so many too many that we can't even begin to scratch the surface and that goes for individual ships themselves so like i fell down the dreary hold and then i you know fell into the snary hole and with this podcast i'm so excited to broaden my horizons to all these things that I might have gone what why and then realize oh my gosh I ship this so hard and I'm so excited for that yeah so for example recently you wrote a Harry slash Bill and at the start mm-hmm. of it I was like so what is this like why <laughs> why would I be invested in this this sounds so cursed and then <laughs> by the time I reached the end of this tumultuous emotional roller coaster <laughs> I was like not only am I invested in this 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 is now my head cannon. I'm like, <laughs> of course, of course, Fleur leaves. Like, of course she does. She knows she's not happy and she's unfulfilled. And now we get that entire backstory fleshed out in a way that's not just, you know, uh, a few in a few throwaway lines at the end of a page somewhere. And that's what's so fun is like I've been open to different fests that give you kind of a prompt or a ship that I'm like, I don't know what the hell. Let's do it let's see what happens and then all of a sudden I'm like okay I know how to make this amazing I'm going to do this and then it ends up amazing sorry I'm, I know I'm just like talking about how amazing I am but seriously it just ends up so fun that I can take something that I'm like how the hell would that even happen and I'm like well I'm gonna tell you how the hell it happens 
Yeah, and that happens so much. Like, I, one of the reasons I'm so invested in fanfic is it gives me an excuse to do uh, podfics. So reading fanfic mm-hmm. aloud. And through that, I encountered uh, another fic, which involves Snape being a terrible sex shop owner. Oh, which is yes. fantastic. It is so, <laughs> it is fantastic because it puts Snape in a position that I would never have envisaged, yet it feels true to his character. And I feel like this is why Harry Potter fan fiction works so well. Because you're starting with characters that you know and love and that you can relate to, but it's putting them in all of these new situations and in new contexts so that you can really flesh out their emotional wealth as well as their, you know, already pre-established backstories and stuff. And so, you know, it might not be canon that Snape owns a sex shop, (laughs) But the but the problems of, you know, coming up against you know, eighth year Harry, who is still oblivious and, you know, having <laughs> to live off of Neville's coattails, that is absolutely possible. And I see that being, you know, a possible AU reality for, for Harry. So that, you know, it fanfic allows me to get invested like that. And that's why I'm so madly in love with it. So we thought, why not make a podcast of our, you know, exuberant enjoyment of the genre? Because we love this so much that we were like, do you know what? Why not make a pod that really delves into what makes ships great? And I can't think of anyone I'd rather be doing this with than you, Megs. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Same to you. Oh my goodness. So one of my all-time favourite ships is Wolfstar. I didn't even know it was called Wolfstar until recently, but I have always, I've always sort of thought that Lupin and Sirius were canon anyway because of the chemistry that they'd had in in book three and in the film. Oh, and the films, one hundred percent. Yeah, and even in the film, it's even more um, in your face, literally. I mean, that hug in the Shrieking Shack, it's right there. Yeah. And so your takeaway is not immediately that Remus is going to go off and settle down with Tonks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the reasons I really love. Wolf Star is I feel like they emotionally complement each other so well. So Sirius is this emotionally stunted man child who who <laughs> yeah. is essentially still he's still a marauder at heart. You know, uh, he just hasn't grown into being an adult because of Azkaban. Right, 13 years of no contact socially. I mean, essentially he's jumping from 20 to what, 33 or whatever it is. I mean, goodness, that's just that's a lot of growth that he didn't have. I mean, essentially. So it's a lot of physical growth that isn't mirrored emotionally. And in that way, I sort of feel like Remus is the inverse, where Remus is very uh, emotionally mature but he's not in control of his body he is you know at the mercy of the elements once a month and being like you know I'm, i transform into this dark creature that is essentially you know it has put his friendship at risk it's put mm-hmm. other people's lives at risk for years and he's had to keep this part of himself very close to his chest and so Sirius is really one of the only people that he's been able to share this with because of all the you know animation stuff and I sort of feel that that sets up a nice vulnerability so Remus might be more emotionally level-headed but have this incredible 
other side to his personality, which I think Sirius can bring out safely. So they match up well off one another. And that, to my mind, makes them absolutely perfect for fanfic. Because where fanfic can take this and run with it is literally you can be running as, you know, uh, animagus form and wolf form together in the woods. And then you can take that into very tender emotional moments. You can have silly slapstick moments. We, we get to have all of this story that we wouldn't otherwise have. And it's one of the reasons I love that pairing so much is you get to see their human vulnerability. Absolutely. And what I love about that ship is when Sirius is in any ship, normally it means he lives. So we get more yes. serious, which is fantastic because no one wants to read a wolf star of, you know, Order of the Phoenix happenings and then all of a sudden a tragic end to a love story. I mean, some people do, to be fair. I'm not here to, to say what people like or don't like. I just know what I love about when people take that route uh, with Sirius. It's just to get to see a character who's just so even having been through Azkaban he's so lighthearted. he's compassionate he's caring he's just so fun to be around I mean he's a genuine friend and a great kind of older brother sort of guardian not really yeah. to Harry and then you have Lupin who really grounds him he's like kind of like the business guy to be like okay you had your fun but you know let's let's reel it back a little bit and then on the other side of things Sirius helps Lupin open up because as yeah. you said he's really reserved he doesn't want to open up to people he's scared of what people think of him because we don't really see him until book three he's got tattered clothing I mean where was he living who could he rely on probably like no one so to have Sirius back in his life and realize he wasn't the person to betray his friends and just have that reconnection and potentially rekindle some like hidden secret love from Marauders era yeah, is just absolutely, absolutely. fantastic so it's so beautiful. Plus, you can get into some of the Wolfstar uh, stuff when they're kind of quote-unquote pseudo-parents for Harry and he gets yeah. that co-parent type of situation of like you have the super fun parent and then the other one who's like, okay, you gotta do your homework and, you know, yeah, make your bed and clean your room. the stern uncle and the, the fun <laughs> one. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I definitely uh, feel really good about that. And you brought up the Animagus thing. And I would imagine that probably they're Patronus. I don't know. I'd have to look up, you know, probably in some fandom website, whether they know who, like what their Patronuses are. But since Tonks had the wolf Patronus to match supposedly Lupin, I'd imagine his Patronus is a wolf. So that makes canon with matching Sirius as a wolf. So there you go. Mic drop. Oh, I <laughs> never even thought of that until you just brought it up. But that has added a whole other level of intrigue to that ship that I I'm, I now need to read that story of their yes. Patronuses. And even because Patronuses can change, right? Depending yes. on levels of yep. uh, emotional fluctuation and stuff. So mm -hmm. I wonder, were they always like that? Right. Right. Someone needs to write me that fic and send um, that to me probably me <laughs> <laughs> 
let's be real. I can't not be writing. Um, even though I have two ongoing chapter fix, I have to write um, at least a one shot every day and ignore those 100% completely. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, no, what I, what I was going to say is when you say like, oh, did it change? From the beginning, Sirius was turned into a wolf. So essentially, like a big black dog, essentially a wolf. So from the get-go, he had those characteristics to match Lupin. So, it, you know, it could have shifted via Patronus. That can change. But who you become as an animagus, it's like, it's permanent. It's who you are. So it's it's also a thing. I just, I am all about that symbolic stuff, um, especially because, like, I'm a big Snary fan, and a huge part of Snary is the Patronus focus, because what we get into is, okay, at the end of the book, slash movie, uh, Snape's Patronus is a doe, potentially for Lily. However, J.K. Rowling has brought this up in the past, that Lily is a doe. However, her soulmate, James, is a stag, which Harry has. So Snape doesn't have a doe Patronus for Lily. He has a doe Patronus for Harry. So ultimately he has been growing up with his resentment for not only Harry from the beginning because one, he's the child of his quote-unquote thought, love of his life, probably more of like an obsession, a best friend lost um, because you can have a deep love like ours that is platonic and not, you know, not go to the, you know, the romantic side of things but he sees Lily in him but also his childhood bully so Harry looks like James so it's like that conflicting usually like it gets into like a soulmate thing because of the Patronuses so Snape is always in denial he's just like no not only one age difference because of course like oh student you know teacher yeah blah blah um, so he has to like fight back on that, but the Patronus is there as proof once he discovers that Harry is a stag and whatnot. It's just, why else would Snape be a doe other than because it's the sole, you know, connection to Harry. So that's my biggest thing. So I'm all about Patronuses. So, I, so that was easy for me to dive into because I was like, wait a minute, Patronuses, Wolfstar, what would they be? But also Animagus. Ah, so it just... Uh... So one thing that I wanted to bring up about Snarry is that I am I'm really new to this ship because it's not something that I had ever really looked into. Some ships are sort of thrust upon you and mm-hmm. some you search for. And I feel like Snarry, for me, it was one that you search for because... Um, uh, I had never really seen um, the two of them together, but then I, I feel like your love for this ship has been infectious. Yes. And it's, really, <laughs> it's made me want to find out more about why they work and potentially why they don't as well. Mm-hmm. But like, the, because there's so much potential for conflict and angst and drama, oh, I yes. feel like it can build well to mm-hmm. something that is emotionally believable. Like, I'm all about the emotion. I'm all about the, you know, the fraught tension, mm-hmm. the emotion, the 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 resolution of like years of built up potentially angst and trauma but you know all the stuff as well um Mm -hmm. and ust (laughs) ust in case you don't know what that means unresolved sexual tension so yeah there's there's all of that in the background too on top of yeah the trauma the angst All of that. I imagine it best in scenarios where Harry's aged up or Snape is aged down. 
mm-hmm. but of course there is the sort of the the uh it's possible to take the 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 uncle imagery from you know Harry and Remus and Sirius and apply it to Snape as mm-hmm. well in a in a weird sort of distorted mirrory way in that he wouldn't necessarily look for affection from Snape mm-hmm. because let's face it he's not the most uh, <laughs> cuddly bear on the planet but <laughs> Uh, but I do think there's something to be said for with Snape still waters running deep. You know, he mm-hmm. he is that character of, you know, his heart has literally bled dry for yes. someone. And for years we've been thinking it's Lily, but it might not be mm-hmm. now. Absolutely. And he's just been going through life waiting for, you know, his someone, not realizing that, you know, it would come later, thinking he lost... Lily and all of that, but, and I just, aside from Snary, I mean, I just see Snape as such a compelling character. I mean, as far as canon goes, oh my gosh, he is a, oh, he is the worst. I hate him. Yeah. I mean, you get finished with those books or you reach a point and people are like, oh, he loved Lily. No, he was creepily obsessed with her. Yeah. And yeah. he was so, like, mean and, like, borderline abusive to students, um, regardless of, like, his childhood traumas and things like that. However, when it comes to fan fiction, I build off that. So I tone down how quote unquote abusive he is because it doesn't have to be canon. No one, there's no rule. Like they don't, I don't have to make him as mean as he is, but he is mean. Like he has that prickly um, because that is his character. That's who he is. But he is a product yeah. of his his childhood and experiences. Abusive father, bullied, potentially his entire school career. I mean, you know from yeah. the get go those marauders singled him out and was like he's the weird awkward kid we don't like him and we're gonna fuck his life up essentially all of seven years so that really does a lot to a person yeah and a lot of it just seems to be based on the fact that he's in Slytherin and he has these looks that aren't you know he's not conventionally aesthetically attractive he has this sallow skin mm-hmm. and he's constantly described as greasy yep. I mean he he must just have this constant film of of sweat like <laughs> yeah. it, it's no he's like, like yeah you don't I mean of course my headcan is like oh yes Adam Driver is Snape like of course like, <laughs> it's, like it's like now you know I mean it's like okay Snape knows how to shower and and take care of himself and you know that sort of thing but yeah but in yeah. the books yeah you're just like put off completely you're just like who would like this person but it, it's like in the books you only ever get that one note yeah. where it's like ultimate snape where he is he's really abusive to these kids mm-hmm. and i mean it, it's just because of that you don't really get a lot of uh, modality or you know in a snape monologue to play around with because it's just this one level but it's like snape uh, fan fiction snape is different from you know book snape and like draco is another good example yeah because I mean, all of those tragic villains are what I'm drawn to as far as reading and writing. I want to make the bad guy a human. Like, I want you to empathize with them and realize, oh my gosh, this person has a heart and I want them to be happy and just kind of really convince you to believe in and love something that you otherwise would have been completely put off by. And I just, I just love that so much. (laughs) So I have a question, though. 
Why don't we do that with Umbridge? I guess I could. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, because she obviously has to have some sort of backstory to... Uh, oh, hey, now I'm going to get into it. So because this is what my brain does. So I see her as a woman who had to fight her way up to the top. Like she could have started okay. as like, you know, some... Like she's undersecretary to the minister. She probably was just some random somebody that maybe could have been a, an assistant in whatever department doing very little no no work whatsoever maybe she was looked down upon because of her looks she's obviously described as toad-like short not attractive whatsoever and unfortunately in society we often judge based on our physical appearance yeah. so i can only imagine what her life was like as a, a child through school what if she went through the bullying things what if she went through a bunch of stuff that really tormented and changed her and her character and so over time as she kind of maybe she's a little bit narcissistic and manipulative and so that's how she made her way up is she somehow was able to walk over some people to get where she was I believe that probably once she was given the position to essentially have um, ministry powers I mean she was like the minister of magic of hogwarts and when fudge was like yeah do whatever you want she's like oh hell yeah like these are my beliefs yeah. and i'm gonna push this on everybody which could be said by a lot of different not just a person but schools and even with politics and things like that like we're gonna do and say what we believe strongly and she's gonna fight because she has the arsenal to do it like she has the power she's able to do it as like cruel or whatever it is we see that that's the thing reason why umbridge is such a compelling villain is because she's someone we know she's someone we see on the news she's someone that in our real life we see and are terrified that have power to dictate our our lives so in comparison to like Baltimore who's like yeah I'm just evil and I want to kill people because <laughs> I just you know that's just what I feel like because I'm you know I have no emotion whatsoever so why the heck not kill some muggles um I don't see him as scary I don't see him as intimidating but with Umbridge oh my goodness she there's yeah there's just so many things that could have made her who she was so there you go that's me trying to justify who she is not that she is um a great person or needs to be empathized with and she's done some terrible things but here's something to kind of unpack on a lot of bullies and really terrible people have something that answers why are they the way they are there are a ton of reasons that it could be why doesn't mean it's okay it does not mean it's okay by any means but here's why yeah and I also feel like just to quickly build on that is that she's codified as this really uh, ambitious power hungry mm -hmm. uh, ruthless Machiavellian woman and the key word there in that in all of that is woman because we see those qualities in people like Barty Crouch who you know he's guilty of like abusing his own family members mm -hmm. and it ultimately leads to uh, terrible things happening but we don't hold him to the same level of scrutiny as we hold Umbridge. I mean, part of the reason that she is such a hated figure is because she is a Machiavellian woman mm -hmm. in power. And I think it's really interesting that she is consistently, I think, in the fan base, seen as more villainous than Voldemort. Yeah, exactly. Even though Voldemort's done much worse right. yeah. things. But it's like you said, it's because she's relatable. And this is one of the... Uh, 
the, the things that fanfic can do so well, and one of the reasons like I think we both love it so much, is that it can put the spotlight on these characters and make you look again and go, oh wait, you know these preconceptions I had about them? Mm-hmm. Based on the, the, you know looking at their life from this angle, I've arrived at a completely new conclusion. That isn't to say, like you say, that they're completely redeemed or that it changes mm-hmm. who they are, but it does allow you to see their story from an entirely new perspective. And that's one of the reasons I love to play in the world so much Absolutely. and read so much. And of course, that gets into like the angsty side of things, um, which not everybody <laughs> is is into. Obviously, like we, you know, we get into that and we love that. But then there's the fluffy side of things. People just love to read about love. Absolutely. And they want to take characters that they love and put them together. They just want people to be happy, have that meet cute moment moment or um, that positive yeah. uh, environment or that like domestic post-war situation of like so-and-so got married and had kids and it's wonderful or in school when you have that crush on somebody and it's like slowly developing and it's kind of awkward and when it kind of resolves itself you're just like oh my gosh this is just so beautiful and people often need that they need that like um, light-hearted uplifting something to make them feel good because because we don't always, you know, feel the best. We don't always want to get down into angst. A lot of people can't. Oh. They don't want to do that. Um, it makes them feel anti what they want to feel. So there's a lot of beautiful, like, fluffy stuff out there that just, oh, it's just like, it's so cute. It's, it's, I love it. Yeah, and I think the part of the needing that space to have the fluff and have the resolution that we don't get in the books Mm -hmm. is also catharsis for the reader and the writer and the whole community. Because, you know, life isn't always fantastic. Mm -hmm. It isn't always, you know, all smiles and sunshine. But to to know that you're going to get that from a fic, that you can sit down and read it, and it's just going to gratify some part of you that needs a conclusion or a release or, uh, you know, the equivalent of a big war. Home, yeah, you absolutely. know, this, this is what fan fiction can do. You know, Dumbledore says at one stage, uh, words are, in my not so humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic. And I really Good feel, Lord. oh my gosh, <laughs> and, I, and I really feel that that like fan fiction for us is an extension of that philosophy. I don't know that there's one ship that I think, oh yeah, that's fluff. Yeah, or that it it might be that there is one. But, I, but nothing comes to mind. We don't know yet. Yeah. It's like you can make anything fluffy if you really want it to. You could make a Snape ship fluffy mm-hmm. because you can have him suddenly open up, mm-hmm. you know, and let the let the wall down. And then suddenly all this potential for actual human connection comes through. Although I still think it would be really creepy to see Snape smile. I yeah, I don't know. He's definitely more of like kind of like Draco. They're like the the sneer, the like quirk corner of the mouth, that little something that might show a little bit of amusement. Maybe the amusement is in their eyes. Yeah. Like you know, you read it's like <gasps> something with amusement. And you're just like, what does that even look like? Like what happens to the eyeballs that makes someone look amused? It, that's another funny thing in fic is how things are described to us. Like I think one thing that you said to me once was that you're like I have yet to be at the point where I've ever thought ah yes it's time for the deepening of the kiss (laughs) because 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we read yes. it. We read it so much. And I write it. I mean, you're just like, oh, they're kissing. And it's like, oh, then they just like, you're already kissing. How does that work? Yeah, but it's never like, and then the kiss intensified. Yes. It's always like, and then a character takes it upon themselves. <laughs> to deepen the kiss. And I'm like, how far down someone's gullet are they going? Like, this is just so anatomically impossible. (laughs) It's just so funny, the things you see over and over again. You you read it so much, so then it's everywhere. I write things that I know I've seen everywhere because it just, especially if they're focused on specific characters and you kind of like blend it into who that character is and it's like, oh yeah, they would deepen the kiss or something. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, yeah. oh, or just like the moment, like the the situation of like now we're getting into smut. Like, is it really like an aggressive sort of thing, or is it really like kind yeah. and slow and like really loving or whatever? And it's just there's those those things to describe to get us emotionally into something, even if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> But it's like that that thing that you always see in fanfic, like they let out a breath they didn't know they were holding. Oh, so good. Do you know how many times I have actively avoided using that? I mean, it's like, it's just one of those things that it's like, oh, like sucked in a breath. It's kind of my like, oh, and let out a a breath they didn't know they were holding. I I get why people use it. But it's, yeah, it's known as that thing that's put into all these fic. And when you read it, you're just like, where's Waldo? There it is. Yeah, yeah. I found it. Yeah. I found it. So that's just, oh, it's so funny. And it just, it shows how close knit the fanfic community is because we're obviously all reading and writing the same things. So everything's bleeding into each other because we're invested in all, all of that. So it's not like we're, I mean, some people are, they're just like, oh, I'm just going to write and don't read anything. And then they're only pulling from what they see or feel. But for the most part, we're inspired by others and it's 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 well absolutely and i i think part of what makes fan fiction great is the fact that this isn't a static world you know canon text is finished Mm -hmm. that we know of you know there there have been no announcements yet that more is being written so canon (laughs) is is finished um right that, that we know of but like because the, uh, like I said, the characters are there and because we're all sort of pulling these ideas from each other and these ways of, uh, you know, engaging and talking about um, the, the ships that we know and love, it it's this constantly evolving thing of like, if someone has a great turn of phrase, it could completely influence the way we all interpret that. And that to me mm-hmm. is so, it's so, it's not only like cool, it's powerful as well. Because it has, Mm -hmm. you can influence so many people and not even know it. And that sounds really cheesy, but I really, I really believe that. No, 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 no. We are, we are touching lives with fan fiction. Yeah, but not in a, not in a creepy (laughs) way. We are, we are touching consensually and only touching minds. Consensually touching, yeah, your hearts, your souls, (laughs) your minds. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes your loins, you know, it's just like. Depends on what you're into, you know. So, (laughs) oh, 
And something else that I love about this fan fiction community, especially today, is there's a lot of different forums, especially like discords and things like that, that you can join and talk and get involved with other people who love what you love and just expand on it and get excited. So you're not alone in it. Like you're not just someone at home pulling up your AO3 page or writing something and putting it out there for who knows who to read or whatever. You have like your family. Like it's a family. That's what it feels like. It's very positive. It's very supportive. And I, even though we have, like, I haven't really physically been in a space with, like, any of my friends regarding the fanfic yeah. community, I feel, I mean, close, if not closer to them than a lot of my previous, like, in-person friends. Because we're all expressing ourselves through words. So we have to get our, like, our thoughts out there. Rarely are we seeing um, expressions under other than, you know, times like this when we can yeah, see absolutely. each other uh it's like we have to get our emotions out in other ways and so we really dive deep and express ourselves in a in a safe and supportive way and it just it feels so good i just feel so good it makes me feel like a part of something that is just so much bigger than me but i feel important because it's great when people read my stuff but also like you have you have your favorite authors and when you come across them like in different forums or discords and you're just like oh my gosh, I am fangirling so much right now because you wrote this thing I love and they're just like, I'm just some random person who like lives in a basement just writing things. Like, you know, it's like we're literally just normal people. It's not like seeing, you know, there's the anonymity of it, which is really great too. Like we can open up and be as close to ourselves as we want or very little. Like we can do whatever we feel is comfortable, but get just as much out of it. Still get the relationships without having to break that barrier have it be scary i guess yeah. for some people. and it's a way to connect with humans that is really you know it's on your own terms the the amount that you do is directly proportional to how much you want to invest mm -hmm. and that really works well because you get out what you want from it and i feel like mm -hmm. with the you know the pandemic happening at the moment you know where we're all having to renegotiate how we deal with the world and how we you know how we have our outlets and so what this has really done for me is allowed me to still keep that fun uh silly stupid humor going because it's so mm -hmm. like they're like i just love i just love taking the piss out of things <laughs> and for me like I, I can do my silly mcgonagall mrs doubtfire voice and it still feels like there are people that are going to love that. And I love being a part of that. That for me is being true to who I am. and Because it's all very well to talk about like, yeah, who we are as humans. Right, but like, yes, yes, yes. I, I, don't, I don't really feel human unless I'm being really silly. Yes, absolutely. So on that note, let's hear some McGonagall. Oh. <laughs> 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 Uh, I'm going to think of something to say now. Um, uh, you'd, you'd have thought that I've had, I would have had a line prepared, but so there's um, <laughs> so there's there's all of the stuff in the books where, that you don't get in the films where McGonagall is giving Harry careers advice, and she's all like, "Sit down, Potter, and have a ginger newt." You know, it's all it's all very, but it, it very quickly lapses into Mrs. Doubtfire because the boundary between it and Mrs. Doubtfire is very close. So there's that line where it's like, "Oh, it was the run by fruit." 
shooting. You know, it's the, it's, it's the same voice. It's exactly the same voice. You know, I can picture the, the, the space where both of those characters merge. Oh and you just gosh. get, uh, oh, no, dear, I don't need a wand. I need a face. <laughs> That's another thing I can't wait is uh, once we get into like the ships and things like that is like the our headcanon as far as if there's any like celebrity characters or in life characters that were like, oh, yeah, that's that person. And this is who I see when I write and or when I'm reading, which is like also really cool because everyone has their um, perceptions of who they think someone is. Like some people are like, oh, yeah, Harry is short. Like even though in the movies like Daniel Radcliffe just ended up to be shorter. Like that's just what happened. And so like in Snary, people are like, oh, yeah, I want to have, you know, Snape be so much taller than Harry because it's cute and whatever. And it just has that that whatever dynamic or on the reverse. It's like, oh, then Harry makes like someone else feel like like less or smaller and he's more of like the protector sort of thing and it's just everyone has their own perception and headcanon for everybody. Harry slash Dobby. Harry's like, oh gosh, no! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh no! Oh no, 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 no. Oh no, no, no. Or yes, I mean Dobby would oh, maybe, be... Maybe not that Dobby small. Be... Maybe that's not <laughs> no. as small as you yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a size kink that I never would have really... Yeah, so I... <laughs> So it's just, yeah, it's really cool to see how people perceive these characters and write them, especially based on ship. Like, we're going to dive into different ships of the same characters. So, like, Dramione versus Romione, or Harry and Ron versus Harry and Neville, and, and their personalities could be completely different, or their dynamic is different, and we feel it, like, we believe it, and, and it feels true to these characters because of the situations they're in, and it's just, it's amazing what people can do when you are given a base for it because I can't imagine really getting into writing from scratch like oh my gosh I have to build a world oh my gosh I have to come up with people like I can't oh my god I can't but I have 20 plus years of knowledge of fake individuals that I can keep writing about heck yeah like I mean well, that is that is a big part of the appeal, and it's not just about how am I going to craft a world that people will engage with. It's like the fact that we've all come into the same world. We all know these characters. We all, we're all we all have the same sort of base elements to draw from, and because of that, when you change one or a few, you can really play about with how that world works and so you're not because you're not starting from scratch and it isn't your own self-contained universe it is in a way a lot more relatable because you already know the characters and if you love the story like we do you've already you're already invested so you want to know where else you can take it and because it's fan fiction there are almost a limitless number of combinations that you can pair off Mm -hmm. and you know and of course it isn't just about pairings you know we could talk about uh, different magic systems and things that people come up with. You know, there are there are incredible things that that people do with the world. But the point is, is that I'm excited 
to really dive in and start I'm also really excited about this and look forward to our next episode, which we're actually going to dive into Harry, Ron, and Hermione first. So the golden trio ship, so a multi. Uh, So we're really looking forward to doing that. And if you have any uh, recommendations of fix, please send them our way either um, to our email, careofmagicalshippers at gmail.com or send us a tweet at magicalshippod. We'd love to hear why you love it, what we should be reading, and we look forward to diving in with you next time. Want an easy way to support the pod? Then head over to iTunes and leave us a positive review. Be it three words or 300, your reviews help us reach other passionate shippers just like you. Make sure to tell your friends and we'll ship with you real soon. Do you remember the world that we escaped into to get away from your rants when we were younger? Well, guess what? We've expanded the world and now it includes Harry slash Snape and Hagrid slash his wand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, does that, it being broken, is that a plus or a negative? Oh, I think you'd have to ask Hagrid. Oh no, double, (laughs) double, but it's like, but it's, it's like in the umbrella. Is it a is it a retractable umbrella? Like, does it get more like nubby? Like, is it like you know? Like, is it like a I feel smaller like, I feel umbrella? like it's like Dumbledore's wand. You know where the the, the is little. It a, it's a bubble. bumpy umbrella. I feel well. Well, I feel like if if it was a bumpy wand, it would have to be a bumpy umbrella. <laughs> I mean, and it's bumpy by virtue of it being broken anyway. That's true. Oh gosh, the splinters.